many of us are dragging ourselves through the day. We can't seem to get our brains kicked into gear. And it seems like our focus is becoming almost less and less available to us because of all the distractions of the outer world around us. But we have some good news today. There's new technology on the way and a wonderful woman who is the creator of this technology, Dr. Laura, Dr. Lana Morrow is with us today. And we're going to delve into um, what I think is a very exciting uh, future trend for us to be able to really kick our brains back into gear in a non-invasive way. No drugs, no surgery, no lobotomies, okay? <laughs> so here we go. Welcome, Lana. It's good to see you. <laughs> Hello, Regina. <laughs> I love afternoon. what you're doing. Thank you. I love your work. It's so inspirational and um, life-changing for many. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Well, not, I don't think as much as what you're working on, though. What You know, let's just talk for a minute here. I have to tell you that, and I'll get into it with a specific uh, case in a little bit. Very interesting fellow, but... Years ago, um, I did a story on a man named Lee Gertis back in 2006, and he had something called brain state technology, which was a neuromodulation device, kind of a, an advance from neurofeedback that was really quite profound in its day. But you had men, bulky, you know, electrodes on the head. Um, it was, you know, it was difficult for a person to come into a position of being able to become a trainer for it, for example, took extensive training. And it was wonderful in the day, but it sounds like what you've done is you've made everything lighter, faster, more effective, more approachable, and now even you're coming out with a consumer version of this that's just incredible. So without further ado, let's go to you and talk about what your technology is before we get into what it's doing, because this neuromodulation device, maybe just do a quick setup for us on what a neuromodulation device is. Okay, thank you. Uh, it's such an honor and a treat to be conversing with you and uh, reaching your beautiful audience. Um, and um, so neuromodulator is, uh, in layman's term, it is, um, uh, by definition, a device that helps move um, your pathways and activate specific pathways in neuronal uh, neuronal pathways of the brain. And so when you have a neuronal pathway that needs to be adjusted one way or another, you can do it in many different ways. You can do it in, through electrovoltaic uh, medium. You can do it through chemistry, through pills. You can do it through various different ways. Um, many of the ways that we're using now are invasive. You know, and um, I am the proponent of non-invasive um, everything, <laughs> non-invasive um, natural ways of uh, regulating our even our brain and body with our own um, capacity to use the proverbial mind over matter. And so, once we do that, um, and once we're trained to do that, um, we're going to actually access a lot of uh, areas of our brain very uh, precisely. Um, and the reason that we actually endeavored on this specific path is because um, I had, a, I would say, luxury or honor to work with people who are very, very precise. Honeybee Robotics, um, they create devices that go on Mars. They're very specific, um, specificity-driven engineers. And, You're seeing uh, in robotics in the field of robotics, right? They're in the field of robotics, yeah. Okay. And we were... Um, they were originally friends and really lovely, lovely human beings. And um, 
Originally, we actually started doing work, and I was their first client in medical field. And then they started opening that. They create, um, you know, micro devices that go into heart to repair the heart valves or things like that. Highly tech medical devices, but we need to use specific knowledge of engineering, high-level engineering, and high-level physics. Uh, plasma physics, quantum physics, uh, mechanics, um, psychobiology, uh, psychoneurology, neurology, all of that combined, I call it neuroscience, you know, of neurotechnology, we actually were able to create something that is very substantial, that works, and it doesn't really, and it's geared towards exact functioning. So there is not much margin for error, which is why it's successful. That's wonderful. And one of the things I learned when I was reading some of the background on your technology is that it increases dopamine production. So I think we really need to get into the subject of dopamine and what suppresses our dopamine production, why people are feeling so unfocused, fuzzy, lethargic, short-term memory loss, and that's of all ages right now, just incredible distractions in our world. So let us know that. And then what dopamine is responsible for in healthy ways in the body? So that's an excellent question. Um, First of all, dopamine is a neurotransmitter, and Harvard School of Thought calls it the good dopamine, the good, happy hormone. Um, We usually have a lot of dopamine when um, when we, I don't know, snuggle with our child or when we are in love, when we love um, to see somebody who is winning in sports and we're really happy, when we're dancing on a dance floor. That's when we're listening a lot of dopamine naturally. And uh, dopamine is necessary in the brain because it's responsible for planning, for um, capacity to actually engage frontal lobes functioning, which is also, um, you know, takes... uh, plays a very big role in working memory, memory, uh, planning of the language, language production in general, um, uh, happiness, uh, mood stability, because it balances serotonin. Um, And it is a a neurotransmitter that um, is crucial for movement and um, initiation of any kind of movement or volitional planning activity, which we we summarize under the cupola of executive functioning. So we're talking about uh, frontal brain activity, frontal lobe activity has to do with motor skills, has to do with mood, it has to do with focus, memory, and all of that. And that's in the beta range of functioning, which is really, it seems to have taken a hit and mass in people. Now, why are we noticing this? Why are we, why are we finding ourselves so distracted, unfocused, and having a hard time accessing that crisp, clear state of mind overall? Right. Because it's, um, you know, the, the nowadays technology, we're all using our devices, peripheral and non, uh, all the time. And they're training us. It's basically Skinnerian training subliminally. They're it's training what training? Us. Say it again. Skinnerian training, like Skinner. Yes. Skinnerian training is, as you know, it's reinforcement, uh, regular reinforcement. And we're talking milliseconds and sometimes in microseconds. And sometimes, so, so they're not perceptible to us all the time. And we're being conditioned every day by the society at large and in micro, in our electronic devices, and even in medicine, you know, we're 
or schools were being conditioned to actually function on short-term bursts. So our own dopamine and uh, enhancement of our capacity to stay on task, to plan, to really execute our decisions very precisely is not being encouraged. So we are being shortened a little bit by the, by the, by the world we created. And so the good news is that we can actually reverse it and we can do something good about it. I always try to see the silver lining and, um, you know, being positive and trying to find out what is that we can do about it and how can we improve our brains. And believe it or not, we can actually do a lot to improve, reroute, and even, you know, create neuroplasticity and neurogenesis in our own brain. I can attest to that just from work with, like I said, back in 2006, yes. with the other device, you know, the predecessor to this level of technology. What are some of the conditions that are commonly known and labeled that are a reflection of low levels of dopamine in the brain, just so people can kind of get a feel for it? One very common one is, and very evident in the society right now, it's ADHD, Attention Deficit Disorder. Um, and we have data, we have lots of medical data now um, evidencing the def- deficiency of dopamine and fluctuation of dopamine in ADHD, labeled ADHD children and adults. We also have deficiencies in Parkinson. Um, and um, in regular um, just, you know, everyday human being who doesn't have an affliction, we see decrease of dopamine and imbalance of dopamine and serotonin when we're stressed out. When you have a high level of stress, which is prevalent right now, every time you have this sustained um, cortisol uh, excretion in your brain due to the fact that your amygdala is constantly sending these signals of fight or flight and you know stressors from television, from our real life, from threats, from everything that we are bombarded with, we sustain that you can do it for about maybe three days, five days, 10 days, if you're resilient. But then after a while, the brain will give up and will start routing new pathways that are not really desirable. And so my thinking was, I came actually, it's interesting that you mentioned this um, uh, bulky systems. I started doing this when I was rather young, like around 21, 22. And I was doing brain mapping on Parkinson patients. And it was very difficult to put the real bulky brain map, which is still in use. 30 years later, we're still having the same brain map, brain cap being used. And I promised myself one day that at that time, I'll invent a better electrode. You know, something that you can just pop on your, on your head and it will be just fine. I love it. You're, you're a can-do person. Um, I just want to share that um, back in that day, I remember one particular person who had Parkinson's, who was being assisted by the technology I can't mention his name because I don't have permission, but he was quite well-known and a friend of ours. And we watched what happened with him. He had very slow and even slurred speech. His motor skills were not working well. And he was depressed. And um, he went through this brain training process. And I was absolutely shocked that within about three days' time, he was walking with a relatively just normal gait, his speech patterns had returned, just the quickness of his being and his ability to move and interact. And he started crying, saying he thought that his, he was older when he had his, his first son. He said 
he never thought his son would have the chance to know him as the man he had been. And it was like a miracle to him that this had occurred. I, I was just so blown away by the effectiveness of it. And I'm sure you must have seen many, many cases like this. Yes. Yeah. So we see, we have research study done specifically on ADHD children, and they all have improved by anywhere between 13 to 54%. Those are our stats. And we have the brain maps and the whole longitudinal double blind study. Uh, on um, clinical cases that we see, um, I collaborate with Hospital for Special Surgery in New York. I collaborate with Petit Salpetriere in uh, Paris and with Columbia University and NYU. So we have a um, specific cohort of clients that come to us for our gym brain, you know, brain, brain gym, actually. And um, we, um, we train people who have like tremors or who are Parkinson's or who have pain. And immediately after 20 minutes of training, their tremor decreases significantly. Um, unlike with, you know, medication, with medication, tremor returns after about four hours or seven hours. And it's not sustainable over more than 34 years. You have to move around with medications and try to find new ones. Um, think enables you to really generate your own new pathways and your own new cortical trajectories uh, on your own. So it's actually never the same program for everybody. You're it's a smart game, it's a smart neuro program. So it, it adapts to your level, your personalized level, and it's never the same game for you even as you play it. It's never every time it's a different one because it has sensors and it's embedded in this smart game and smart program that you can actually really adapt. It adapts to you and you adapt to it. And because of the speed of um, transmission from the signal from the brain to the computer, which is 2,048 cycles per second, it's extremely rapid. So I would dare say that for that length of time, you actually become one with this beneficial technology. And, it's uh, fascinating. And uh, let me just read off a couple other things that um, are enhanced by this for people who are really into gaming. It speeds that up. Um, Anti-aging, PTSD, pain management. And I think these are just to name a few. Um, maybe just give us a couple little anecdotes there on a couple of these. So I had a beautiful human being who was coming uh, to, she was 82. Now, the woman was on Wall Street, and her name was Susan, and um, she came to me saying, um, I met her at a fundraiser for some theater, and she said, well, I'm a playwright now. I used to be on Wall Street for like 30 years, and she was very high up there, and very, very bright, and now she writes plays, and she's 82, and she's writing plays, and she says, well, if I write maybe two plays um, a month or so. Um, but recently, my creative uh, source dried out, and 82 years old, beautiful woman. <laughs> and then she goes, and I, you know, I happen to have this slump in the afternoon around 4 o'clock, and I'm used to getting up at 7 and finishing by 10, 11, and I'm not keeping up with it. I'm really frustrated with it. And so we decided she will train, so she trained with us. After about 12 sessions, one day she said, well, I'm, I'm not dry up anymore. I can actually write as it will happen. She said, well, after about um, two weeks, three weeks, 
In, in the range of two and a half weeks, she wrote two short plays. The woman is performing them twice a week at the age of 82. And then she said, that I'm not slumping in the afternoon. And today, for example, I did, I had a lot of stamina. I could go, you know, I went from uptown to downtown in Manhattan. And I said, well, how, how much did you walk? And she said, well, a little bit longer than usual. I did 19,000 steps. <laughs> I remember when I did 90,000 steps, full of energy, and she's lovely, and she's 82, and she's performing now everywhere regularly and writing her plays at the rhythm of like two, three plays, and it stays with her, you know, so I don't know yet the effect of aging at that level, obviously she's a very gifted uh, human being. But um, with children that we followed up and with some adults, we know that it stays. Not only does it stay, but it increases the brain's potential as it goes on. Interesting. Um, I have about five or six different questions I could ask you right now. Um, one of them, like looking at the situation with this woman, she did, did you say she did about a dozen sessions roughly? That was, she started seeing the results immediately after three, four, and uh-huh. then she did it after 12, but usually we have a program of 20 sessions just because we wanted to stabilize and really. And then once you've done the 20 sessions, how long does the effect generally last? Long time. It's, it's permanent. And um, the nice thing about it is that you can, some people come back for more uh, sessions to refresh. And uh, when, when we have children who are like autistic or can't really speak, uh, and the system unlocks the speech actually, uh, and we have that uh, in our database now, um, we suggest that they do maybe, you know, 40 sessions rather than just 20 because it's a big problematicity. You know, if you have a child who is maybe 11 and functions at the age of five, at the level of the age of five, so you want to have that reach full potential as yeah. much as you can. And the parents are eager. So, it's, yeah. and it's beautiful. It's very easy. It's like 15, 20 minutes playing video games with no hands, just with your thought, and it's fun. Yeah, we're going to get to that part in just a sec. That's really exciting. Um, What about autism? Have you encountered any cases of autism yet? Yes, I work with children who have autistic teachers, and uh, they have been really, really successful. So what I'm noticing in autism is because it activates, we have data that show at the cortical level activation of insula. So insula is a part of the brain responsible for socialization and self-awareness. And so, and these are not my studies, these are other people's studies, but um, indirectly or directly through the training, these children become really wonderfully, um, wonderfully aware, self-aware and reflective. And then their language increases because of these frontal lobe connections. So they're capable of speaking um, their prosody increases becomes normal and their, their stri- structure of the sentence and the grammatically correct sentences uh, start to be evident. Um, it's almost like these children still had it somewhere in their memory and they had to be unlocked or the connections had to be uh, created really fast. Now, what's interesting is because it's a quantum tool, um, and I'm, I'm talking about physics, really, plasma physics, quantum mechanic physics. It's not just, you know, new age type of thing. It's really... Uh, quantum physics tool, it enables the progress at a much faster range and, and levels than what we're used to. You know? yeah. so it's like LASIK technology and laser, when you do LASIK, you know, you would not imagine that you could actually see after a week and have 
no need for glasses. I would compare it to that. It's rather rapid and uh, life-changing. Absolutely. And so staying on the theme of kids, um, you do you, I assume some of the people with ADHD that you've seen, um, maybe you've even seen some adults who are on protocols of, AD, of uh, Ritalin throughout yes. their youth and it's really disturbed their dopamine levels. Um, that's a pretty high percentage of the population now. Maybe you can talk about that for just a moment. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, I, I have a child who has ADHD, so I, who had ADHD, and none that is prominent anymore. It's really um, sad to see children who then cannot sustain the attention in the classroom when they're studying. And it's really difficult for the parents, especially, to watch their child not to get, a, you know, a B or an A after they have studied and really applied themselves. And they're then labeled as um, not as smart, which is just the opposite. They're actually about 13 to 15% smarter than average population. Um, they're really oftentimes brilliant. Um, they're quick. They're, they're just sometimes bored. Uh, they think out of the box, so they, they can't sit in the school. It's just boring. But their impulsivity is really strong, so they, they will do something silly and walk out and and. So these kind of children, they need to have um, a better way of approaching their own um, cognition. And so the doctors generally, you know, my colleagues who are in psychiatry, uh, they're trained to give them stimulants. And that's a problem because if you create that kind of uh, environment within your own endocrinology, uh, you can actually have other uh, consequences that are not desirable, like children crash after five to 12 hours, depending on the length of the administration. And um, they can have a really powerful headaches. They, their growth is stunt. They have uh, stomach aches. We all know that. Now, what, um, what happens when you naturally create your own dopamine? You don't have any side effects because your mind and your body knows how to regulate that. So you don't go into that crash mode and it's a different, slightly different mechanism. And I, Accidentally, I, I really tried to, parents asked me to invent something for children. I had about three patients who had heart defects, so they can't take stimulants. So the parents really, you know, inquired if we can create something that could be beneficial for children who have ADHD but can't take stimulants. So I endeavored on, you know, this trajectory. And then all sorts of other things happened. <laughs> Well, um, okay, so I'd like to, before we get to the other things that happen, because I think our audience is going to find the other things absolutely fascinating, and what happens beyond the expected, um, let's talk about the technology itself, because again, you hit on this a moment ago, and that was that this is a wireless technology, so I assume it's working essentially through the quantum field, you have a headset on, you have a computer, and there's, there is no connection between the two, no physical connection. Correct. Let's talk about how this works, and what a person's actually actually doing during a session when they're interfacing with the computer? So um, you can see the little micro video on a GIF on my website, mm -hmm. but um, it's in focusforum.com. But um, what the person sits in front of a computer, uh, hopefully very relaxed and focuses on the little game on the little um, car in front of them. And that car drives faster if they're focused more 
and grows slow, gives them all sorts of feedback, not only one feedback, but about 60, perceptible and non-perceptible. And uh, we designed that in such a way based on neuroscience data that we had from various you know, adjacent fields, like I combined with uh, my colleagues. And it, you know, it takes a village to do this. So I, I was not, you're talking to me, but about 400 and more people worked on this. So I, said, I, I was very fortunate to have really great colleagues and really wonderful group of friends and colleagues that we work all together happily on this. It's, it's really all about community. And um, so uh, they, it's a simple strip very simple strip that you put on your head. It takes one second to put it on and you don't feel anything. It's like headband and, or a pair of glasses when you lift them and put them on the head. And um, you look at the screen and just have to focus. And the games last about two and a half minutes each. And um, usually we address like five games or six games, or sometimes in a double session, you do about 10 games and it takes about 15, 20 minutes. And that's all. And you can do it anywhere. You can right now. We, we do it in our center, and I do it, and my colleagues do it. But um, you can actually put it on your head and with the iPad or iPhone walk around the city, and just like you do now when you when you're watching a video, the same thing. So I think people would be asking. So um, the brain waves are being picked up by the software that's been developed, and yeah. I'm assuming that's where the genius in this interface is. And a lot of people will be thinking, gosh, no electrodes, no wires. How is this happening? Maybe you can explain it for just a moment. Well, there are electrodes, but they're just not very, not invasive. They're just picking up the signal. Yes. And it's your own signal that we all emit, just like we emit temperature. Now you can have a temperature. So I tell people, it's like a thermometer for the brain. <laughs> you yeah. just pick up the, the microelectricity, microvolts from your um, scalp. And you log it through Bluetooth into the device. Yeah. As simple as that. And then the, the whole thing functions on its own. It just uh, adjusts itself to you. And it's all, it, it's a lot of work that it took for, to create these smart softwares. The games are similar to like Nintendo games, mm -hmm. you know, average, average ski game, snowboarding game, you know or car game it's very easy to look at and but it isn't neurofeedback you know people often ask me is it neurofeedback it isn't it's much more complex and it's a proprietary novel technology let's talk about some of the institutions that you've been um associated with and not only that collaborating with um in the development of this so people get the this is this is heavy duty there you have you have very significant um players that are involved in this this technology i'm blessed to have many colleagues that you know who would be open to actually step into the new frontiers of neuroscience. And so we started doing this about 10 years ago and it was even less evident. Now almost everybody talks about neuroscience, but when 10, 11 years ago, we were just very few of us. And uh, the beauty is that we have a team composed of some of the top people from Petit Salpetier. Uh, a person is neuroscientist and uh, is spe specifically interested in Parkinson and genetics. Uh, works also with, um, you know, neurochemistry and uh, at those levels. People from Columbia Presbyterian are MRI specialists, people from, or longevity specialists, my mentor, Jakob Stern. 
um, people from um, Colum- from NYU, one of the you know my scientific director Francesco Bocalatte, he is uh, um, essentially a pathologist and specializes in genetics, um, but also understands neurogenetics and neurotechnology. Uh, people from you know so Columbia, NYU, Kuran Institute of Mathematics. We work with Professor. Um, um, young, very young professor, um, Antonio De Rosa, who is a big data specialist, because analyzing all of this is not easy. You know, it, it could take really long time, but because he's bright and he has a team, it's easier. So we, we, we collaborate with many, many people from established institutions, and um, we're now about to publish in a reputable journal, and we have, you know, done longitudinal study, actually, with um, with Petit Salpetriere and um, that was in Paris and and uh, Barcelona Hospital. So in in Barcelona uh, we have done the study because it was much cheaper than doing it in, in New York and you know notably cheaper in Europe. Let's talk about that study for a moment before we go on to anti aging and then some of the more okay. almost metaphysical uh, applications of this. So take it away on that study. So um, we had um, designed a study with Columbia professors and, you know, my own ideas and um, with Paris, uh, Salpetriere, with a large group of specialists who really understand dopamine. So um, after that, we then struck a contract with uh, Barcelona and we had 64 uh, ADHD children and we retained data from 42 and uh, made them go through, I mean, they agreed to go through a very serious amount of testing. So they were uh, aged matched and sex matched. It was a double blind study. And um, we created the program where they would be given more than 60 neuropsychological, psychiatric, psychological, and various other established tests. These are, you know, standardized tests in in the industry. And um, also fMRIs and MRIs and DTI. Um, MRIs. So it was really large amount of uh, technical data as well as EEG, uh, continuous EEG. Uh, so the analysis was really uh, very complex and vast. All of that was th- given before, some tests during, like EEG during the time, and then um, after the training. And what we have found, we have found these data, I can share with the, your audience, um, these brain maps. These are from our subjects. This is not yet published, but this is, I think you can see the data and some activation in specific areas of the brain. These are data of a group that was experimental group and Mm -hmm. took training. And the other group took the sham thing training, which is basically they were convinced that they were training, but um, they were wrongly reinforced. And uh, I'll explain that for a minute, but I found that interesting when I was reading the data. Um, there was a there was a coherence and consistency with the program you've developed for the first group, and the second one were given kind of random frequencies. Random. We put it. We put the, it. took us. It took us almost eight months. A group of us, about twelve of us, trying to figure out how to create a sham. It's not easy. A sham. A scam. It's called a sham. It's called technically. It's called a sham. It's yeah. <laughs> Basically. But when you do technology, you know, you adopt technology and you have to put this, um, present a child or a subject with something that they can actually believe. 
And um, it, it's sophisticated. It's not easy to do it. It's not easy to create. So it took us quite a while. And so what we did, we created a program that was generated in the computer that randomized the reinforcements of many multiple parameters so that it couldn't be, um, you know, it couldn't be easily perceptible. So people were believing that they're doing something, but the data showed that, you know, those activations were not happening in placebo group. Right. And, but it didn't mess their brains up, did it? (laughs) Oh, no, 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 not at all. (laughs) I just want to make that clear for our audience. They went away with the benefits. It was really fine. And, um, you know, and I think to those people later on, we'll offer a free headset when they, you know, when we have it. You know, now we, we take good care of our subjects. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Well, let's talk about, we, we just touched on it a, a bit ago, and that has to do with anti-aging, because I think a lot of our audience, um, we have a high percentage of women in the audience, and uh, whether you're male or female, I think everybody is kind of looking at the notion of trying to slow down the process of father time taking us. Yes, <laughs> aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> so, um Indirectly, we have some epigenetic data, and we were just looking with my colleagues at Mount Sinai Hospital the other day. Uh, we will be just touching upon that lightly as a hypothesis and for our further study um, in our new paper. But um, what we see with, with our subjects, with our clients who are training with us, those who are older, they actually look younger. They look about five to 10 years younger and they report tremendous amount of energy. They report focus, sustain the sustainability of that focus and energy and uh, resilience. In other words, um, you know, you, let's say some people who appear, they're CEOs and they appear on Bloomberg Go at seven o'clock in the morning. They come early to train with us at like five, six o'clock in the morning before going on, a, you know, CNN or, or Bloomberg. And they are able to actually interact with the interviewers in a very swift and agile way. Their mind is agile. They're more humorous. They're more humane. They're more interactive. Um, and then they, they have still the desire to go into a gym. And, you know, maybe they're 76 or 80, as that lady who was, you know, Susan, who was walking through Manhattan without a blink, you know, she just would walk and not be tired and, you know, go to a fundraiser at eight o'clock at night until 11. And she's up and running at six o'clock in the morning. And so people experience that. You know, it makes sense because um, we, we always say that when someone falls in love, uh, people notice them and say, oh, you look so much younger. What's going on in your life? And it's the same thing when we have increased levels of dopamine. That is one of the effects it sounds like. It's just natural. It's, it's very natural. And I think that it's been described in literature, um, you know, that, that we know that when you have um, ways of regulating dopamine, when you are constantly um, involved with athletics or in, you know, Qigong or Tai Chi, uh, you know, there, there are certain ways that we can regulate flow of dopamine. And people who do that on a sustained basis for a year or two, you see them younger. You see them, yes. they look, they feel good. They, they, they're not as sick anymore. Um, they're, they're just feeling better. So, 
Okay, now we go to one of the really fun parts, and that's more kind of a non-local um, aspect of how our greater mind is affected, because people also have some profound um, effects from the technology and going through the training when it comes to their ability to access non-local aspects of mind, whether it be yes. information and so forth. Let's talk about that. So I had a, I don't know whether I told you about it, but I, I had a very nice interview with my teacher, Tom Knowles, tomknowles.com on his podcast. He interviewed me and we discussed about it. And he was one of the first people who told me, actually, he perceived it faster than I did. You know, I was coming at it from scientific point of view and I am a Vedic meditator and the Siddha. So I try, I train and I meditate twice daily. So he was telling me, well, you know, it activates also the level of the heart and it connects the heart-mind connection and then it taps into this frequency of the, you know, vertical connection to, to the divine consciousness um, he mentioned. And um, I know that for my colleagues, the meditators, you know, from our group, whoever trained with me, they reported that they would get more insights they are more um, at ease with, um, you know, seeing certain um, elements of, um, you know, just presentient uh, or uh, swift mind that is more aware. And so um, I believe that we don't have just a three-dimensional body. I don't think that consciousness is actually situated in the brain. And we know that from studies. We also know that from astrophysics, you know, when people talk about conscious, um, conscious uh, cosmology. And, um, you know, these are scientific studies. Even Stephen Hawking was talking about it, but as well as David Hawking. <laughs> and, um, and people who study consciousness um, at a very serious level, which is not my field. I've just studied to... I, I conduct consciousness studies because of the uh, the BCI that we created. And so it's been just last seven years or eight years. But there are people who have studied consciousness for about 30 years or 40 years. And there are Johns Hopkins. There are very reputable institutions. And they also show that there is a non-localized phenomena that you can actually look at the brain, and there is no central area in the brain that activates. What they have found with Buddhist monks or with high-level meditators is that there is a Sarah Lazar, for example, at, at the Harvard School. She studies um, the deep effects of the, um, of the meditation. And so we know that there is a certain area of the brain that is centralized in the smack center of the brain that activates itself at the slower brainwaves range and then they can vacillate between very slow brainwaves and very high brainwaves mm -hmm. um, you know mm, cycles but again i don't think that we can only we don't have to stop only electricity we can we can talk about photovoltaic energy which i think is more even more appropriate from scientific point of view because at the level of quantum physics you actually know that you can um, there, there are fields that we emit and just because we have not been trained to read them so far, we can't just dismiss them. Right. You know? And that's what tends to happen in scientific uh, society, community until now. But now I think luckily a lot of people are, there's so much data and there is so much, there are so many new ways of accurately measuring the data, those data that people really are embarking with more specificity on those journeys. 
So we can have the opportunity um, to enhance our intuitive capacities and to really start reaching into unity consciousness. And this is a wonderful, even though that's not what you originally developed it for, and let's just say it's a wonderful um, add-on gift or side effect. I'm oh, <laughs> very blessed, yes. Very, especially, you know, when, uh, when you are. And by serendipity, Tom Knowles also was a neuroscientist, is a neuroscientist. He was professionally trained. He has a PhD from Zurich, from Geneva University in, in neuroscience and dopamine. Uh, but he studied it from, you know, effects of uh, the, the meditation on the brain and that's his lifetime mission. And he is now, you know, Maharishi. So that's consciousness viewed from, you know, a more meditative point of view. I'm so excited about this. I can't tell you because I do know firsthand what the benefits of this kind of technology are and the way you've done it, the way you've put it together is to me truly exciting. Um, has this been done at all before a person? I mean, I know there are technologies, little mind spa, little glasses and lights and, and uh, music and sound and such that can, can help toward um, having this kind of coherence and boosting certain brain activity. But has there been anything this profound in its effect that is essentially this miniaturized portable and we can ultimately end up, I know I'm sounding like an advertisement because I'm so excited, but <laughs> we end up owning ourselves so we can use it whenever we want and don't have yes. to go to a trainer. Exactly. And even now, I mean, the, the training is intrinsically easy. It's plug and, plug and play. It's really, really easy. Yeah. Uh, the reason that we see people is because we don't have many of these devices yet and they're very costly to produce so far. But we're working on it and within a year we'll have them, year and a half we'll have them available for everybody. There are some companies that do certain things and they're, you know, we're all trying our best. And so it's not very easy. It's not an easy endeavor. Um, so there are, I think, two or three companies that are there, they're creating systems. Um, one is in England that I know of, uh, one is from Australia, and one is from Canada. Uh, but there's, there's certain obstacles that one has to overcome, and uh, they're not easy. And we all took different slants on uh, how we, what we want to approach and what we're doing. You know, everybody's doing a different thing. <laughs> well, I'm um, I'm planning on coming to visit you in a couple months. That's I'm my so plan. Excited. I want to go through training myself. My brain is definitely kind of dull compared to oh. what it used to be, just just dragging. Um, so I'm looking forward to being perked up. But um, also um, the kind of elegance of the new system is the one we're talking about where people can even buy their own uh, down the road, you say in about a year. That gen Is that what you call generation two with that very, very slim, elegant little headset? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, it, it looks like it could be actually um, when, when I was in Florence for a while, um, somebody from the Ferrari group actually, because it has Ferrari colors, you know, it's red and white. And uh, somebody said, well, we should train our, our drivers, you know, to, for peak performance, which is, yeah. that's also what's used for. It's for peak performance in sports and peak performance in, in business and, and mind, uh, you know, agility. And so it's, it's very, Nice. It's very pleasant. The goal is just to create these ubiquitous uh, devices that you would not even notice that they're, you know, there. But mm -hmm. they enable you to really use your own full potential of your own being, which is, you know, it's not just a gadget that is a peripheral, that we have many peripherals and they're quite functional and they're great for neuroscience. 
But I think our slant is on, on creating something that is ubiquitous and enables you personally to actually create, to potentiate your own brain. Well, that's the holy grail to potentiate our own native abilities. And with that, first of all, we talked about one website you mentioned was in infocusforum.com where people yes. can watch a little rotating GIF on the technology. That's good. Yes, and videos and they can okay. reach, reach me out on that. And there is a um, email address there. Um, I'm lana.morrow at thinkinterfaces.com. Um, the company is called Think, Think Interfaces. We're on Instagram. And um, it's, we're very easily reachable. <laughs> Good. So, well, excellent. I'm sure a lot of people will be peaked after this, just as I am. So I wish you luck on this. I think you have you. an absolutely fabulous technology in the making and one that's so desperately needed when we're feeling so exhausted and disconnected and even disconnected from source on a lot yes. of levels. A lot of meditators are even having a hard time reaching up into themselves now. So anything yes. that can help us get Closer to our true selves again is a miracle. In my opinion. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lana. Thank you it's for joining. It's been such an honor, really a joy and an honor. Thank you very much. Again, um, I'm going to go ahead and fly out to Lana, and I'm going to be trained with the technology. And once that happens, I'll let you know what happens to my own brain. Uh, between now and then, you can go ahead and check out the work at infocusforum.com. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on reginameredith.com.